0: We are continuing in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, and we read, we read uh, a part of the chapter already where God has spoken to Joshua about the area, the land that he's going to take and give out, and then, so let's pick it up from verse 4, Joshua chapter 1 verse 4. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. So remember, God has established for them a territory. There are other passages of Scripture that give more specifically the territory and, 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 and uh, the, the full territory to the Euphrates. That's current day Iraq. They are not nowhere near that. But we know all of their land will not be fulfilled until the messianic kingdom comes. But uh, uh, it's a lot bigger than what it is today, what's been promised. But what we see is the pattern of Scripture, and it continues to this day, that as they obey, the land increases. As they disobey, the land contracts. Similar sorts of things things happen in our own lives as well. Verse 5, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. So what he's saying is that you are invincible. You are invincible. You are going to take this land. No man will be able to stand before you. But the next sentence puts certain parameters on it. So this sentence didn't put the parameters but there is some dependency on what Joshua will do, and that's in the next sentence, and that's really where we're picking up today. In verse six, he says, "Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous." lost my place. "Only be strong. And very courageous, be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So he says in, 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 verse, in, in, in verse 6, be strong and courageous. So there is the first time he's saying to them, him, be strong and courageous. Be strong. So he tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. Couldn't God just wave His hand, speak a word, and boom! Joshua strong and courageous. Why even bother telling Joshua to be strong and courageous? Because there's some participation from us when it comes to strength and courage. God doesn't just drop that upon us magically. There is a participation of us where we have to walk in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Whoever comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of those who seek Him. That's what the Scriptures tell us. Hebrews 11:6. 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Whoever comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of those who seek Him. There is an element of faith here where He says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. So, he tells him, you are to be strong and courageous. Now, if Joshua were already strong and courageous, he wouldn't have to tell him. He would already be that. He'd be like, well, duh, I'm already strong and courageous. No, he's telling him, you are to be strong and courageous. Then he goes on in verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. He says it again. He repeats himself. You are to be strong and very courageous now, he says. There is an element of strength and courage that is up to us to take up. There is an element of strength and courage that we are to take up and walk in it. There is an element of faith that God has indeed provided all the capacity for us to walk in faith, but there is an element that we have to take hold of. He says, only be strong and very courageous. Now here's some parameters I have for you Joshua. He says, "Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go." So here are the parameters through which Joshua can get this land to del- to turn it over to the people. He says, you are to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. What he's speaking about is the written law of Moses, the first five books that Moses wrote. He says, you are to take those, you are to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. So again, he's underscoring the need to walk in obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If anyone loves me, he will keep my commandments, Jesus said in John fourteen twenty three. If anyone loves me, he will keep my commandments. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. So Jesus says the same thing. If anyone loves me, he will keep my commandments. The result of which will be, my Father will love him. You want God to love you? Keep his commandments. That's what Jesus said. Keep, if you keep My commandments, My Father will love you. And we will come to Him. That's Jesus and His Father. We will come to Him and we will make our abode with Him, Jesus said. Here He's telling Joshua, you take this law and you obey it. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. So in other words, the success is parameterized by the obedience, you will have success and you will deliver if you walk in obedience. There are certain restrictions. Now, there are blessings that, we, that come to us strictly by being human beings, strictly by being living creatures. What are those? God gives us air to breathe. All right? We're a living creature. He gives us air to breathe. As soon as that stops happening, you're not a living creature very long at all. All right, so living creatures are given air to breathe. Whether you honor God or not, you're given air to breathe. So there are things that come just because we're human beings. There are other things that come just because we're believers in Him. When we believe in Him, we receive salvation. This is something of eternity. But most promises in the Bible are embodied within an act of obedience. And this is all embodied within an act of obedience. And this is what we're going to see today. He says, you've got to obey the law. You've got to keep the commandments in order to take hold of these blessings. These are blessings that come with respect to obedience. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. What are you talking about? I I thought I'd just have to read this. Nope. You've got to speak it. You have to be speaking the Word of God. You speak the Word of God through teaching it. You speak the Word of God through conversing it. You speak the Word of God with brothers, with sisters. You speak the Word of God. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meaning that it is not just a passive reading. Oh, I've read the Bible. I'm good to go. No, it shall not depart from your mouth. It is to be an integral part of our lives. But you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. How do you obey it? You have to meditate on it day and night. You cannot know. You cannot observe the commandments of God without meditation on the Word of God. And much more than reading. The Bible speaks more often of meditating upon than reading upon. Meditating upon is making it an integral part of our lives. So let me show you, let me demonstrate for you what meditation is. Meditation is when you take the book and you read it and then you stop. And you say, Lord, do this in my life. Lord, what are you speaking to me? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Lord, let me do that. Lord, let me meditate on your word day and night. Let me meditate on this day and night. Lord, make me faithful to Your Word. You see the pattern of meditation. Meditation is slow. It's pensive. You contemplate. This is what meditation is. You take this Word and you read it over and over again and you stop. So when people tell me, a guy told me, he says, I read the entire Bible in three months. He said, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for you. There's so little that can go in if you push yourself to read the Bible in three months. Some people think that you have to complete the Bible in a year. If it were important for us to complete the Bible in a year, he would have said it. It would say in the Bible, complete this in a year. Why do you put such laws upon yourself Like, like, like the children of Israel? You want to take up all these extra rules and regulations. Why do you do this to yourself? You go as slow or as fast as the Spirit leads. Take the Word of God. Meditate on it. So I will spend sometimes a week in half of a chapter, in a paragraph, just enjoying it. And then when I'm kind of satisfied, then I move on. And I read the Bible from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. When I'm done, I start again. I want to hit everything. But I read it slow. Sometimes I read more than the next day. But it's just just as the Spirit might lead me that day, take the Word of God and let it teach you and instruct you. Let the Word of God instruct you. He says, you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. You see, it's by meditation that it makes us careful to do it. Because we read the Word of God and we go, uh-oh. Oh, no. i got to go and apologize to that guy that I said that stuff to yesterday. Because Jesus said... Jesus said, if you do not forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. Gulp. (laughs) You You read something like that and it should stop you. It should stop us and say, oh, I have to change my life. That's what meditation is. It stops us in our tracks and it causes us to change our life. When you meditate on it, that's how you're careful to obey it. If you don't meditate on it, you never know that you're doing wrong. Before I was a believer, when the Gospel was first presented to me, the guy had me read a verse at Romans 6.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I looked at him, I said, I'm not a sinner. He was shocked. I said, how could I be a sinner? I've never robbed a bank or I've never killed anyone. How could I be a sinner? Well, I never read the book. Then he showed me another verse where Jesus said, Whoever lusts after a woman Has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And when I read that verse, I went, uh oh. I mean, if if that's the definition of sin, I've sinned. You see, you don't even know it. You're oblivious to this without meditating on the Word of God. Or else we go along in our lives and we think we're just fine. I'm all right. I'm. I'm just fine. I mean, people who read the Word of God and meditate on it never say, oh, I'm just... I'm fine. Everything's cool in my... No, they're always always trying to improve themselves. You can find out in a group who are the believers. If you say, how many people in this class are really trying to better themselves and improve their attitudes, improve their behaviors? Most people are too proud to ever raise their hand. But... you can take a class and you will see the people that are going to raise their hands are believers who are reading the Word of God. Because when this standard is held to us, we always realize there is improvement that needs to be made. It is by meditation on the Word of God that we understand. So that according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. So success and prosperity are coupled to meditation on the Word of God. Might this be a unique passage? Might this be the only passage in the Bible that says success and prosperity are coupled to the Word of God? Now, the Bible's definition of success and prosperity are very different than the world's definition. Jesus never promises us big houses and lots of money. Some men may promise you that. The Bible never does. In fact, the New Testament promise on that is... If you have food and clothing, will that, with that you shall be content? In 1st Timothy chapter 6. If you have food and clothing, will that, with that you shall be content? Jesus said of himself, the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus had no home. The Bible never promises us a home. What it promises us in the New Testament is food and clothing. If you've got food and clothing, that's all you were promised. If you happen to have a home to go to in the evening, that's an added blessing. You were never promised that. Alright? So, material things He did not promise us. But what He promised us is something far better. What He promises us is Himself. We will come and we will make our abode with you. He promises us Himself something much better. Something much better than material things. Something much better than the world has to offer. It's Himself. He promises us Himself. That is why the essence of punishment is separation from Him. The essence of punishment is merely separation from Him. And then we fall to our own vices, destroy us. Because He promises us His presence. That's what He calls success, is His presence. I know many very wealthy men in this city. And I don't desire anything that they have. But they know my life and they desire many things that I have. Why is that? Because of the treasure of what I have in Christ. That is the thing. That is the thing that He promises us. He doesn't promise us Health? You may lose your health one day. He doesn't promise to keep us free from sickness. I mean, things come. He doesn't promise to keep us from destruction. He doesn't promise to, to keep us alive in this flesh forever. He doesn't promise to keep us from suffering. In fact, it says, all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. But what He does is He keeps us from the despair of suffering. That He does. He keeps us from the despair of suffering. There is an embodiment of success that is so much different than what the world promises. And this comes by obedience to His commandments, and this comes by meditation on the Word of God. Turn to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. We're going to start reading at verse 1. How blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. There it is again, speaking of prosperity. What is the promise? How do you get this prosperity? It says in verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. There it is again. It comes by day and night meditation. The Bible puts it two ways. Day and night and every day. Meditation. Here again, it's day and night. He meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does he prospers. There is the promise of prosperity again. It comes by meditation on the Word of God. This is why, for almost 40 years, I have never gone a day without getting into the Scriptures. For almost 40 years. Why would I do that to myself? Is there anything better? Is there anything better? Because that's the promise. The promise is, the promises come by meditation on the Word of God day and night. So, if you pick up the Bible three times a week, there is no promise for what's going to happen to you. Maybe something is good for you, maybe it's not. I don't know. But there's no Bible promise. The Bible promise is for every day. So you want to fall into that blessing? It's very specific. It's every day. You say, oh, well, three days a week is okay. Oh, okay. Well, how about once a week? How about once a month? How about just once a year? How about just Christmas and Easter? Then you're good to go. How's that? No, the Bible never says that. If it were just Christmas and Easter, it says meditate on the Word of God on Christmas and Easter and, and you shall have success. But it didn't say that. It said day and night. So every time it's a day and every time it's a night, you're supposed to do it. It's very specific. It says, which yields its fruit in the season, its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. You will be like a tree planted by a stream of water. Your leaves will not wither. Everyone else is withering around you. You're at a place of work. Everyone is complaining. And you'll be like, I don't know what's so bad. I kind of like it here. And everybody's saying, oh, that boss is terrible. And you're like, he's not that bad. I mean, I've had had worse. He's not that bad. You can see a believer who meditates on the Word of God. The whole attitude on life is different. Everybody else is crying and complaining and just rejoicing in all the little things around them. Thankful. Why? Because their leaves aren't withering. Because they've been planted by a stream of water. The wicked are not so in verse 4, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Just drying up, the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, and we are going to start reading from verse 97. Oh how I love your law it is my meditation all the day your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever mine i have more insight than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation and and uh, and uh, um and i understand more than the aged for i have observed your precepts so look what he says Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. There you go. There you go. You see it. It is my meditation all the day. The Bible puts it two ways. Meditation day and night and meditation all the day. It is my meditation all the day. What is the outcome of that? Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever mine. You say, "Wow, well, doesn't matter. I don't have any enemies. Oh, well, really? There's a lot of people who would love to have your car, who would love to have what you have. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. The first time I really took hold of this verse, I was in graduate school. And I was working on the synthesis of a natural product called Grandisol. It is the the, uh, uh, male sex pheromone of the boll weevil. You say, who would care about that? Well, cotton farmers really care about that. If boll weevil get into your cotton crop, you have no more cotton crop. So one of the things you can do is you can make the sex pheromone and you can put it in a box that boll weevils can check in and not check out of. And so you put these on a stick in a field and the boll weevils think, oh, and it's a male sex pheromone. So unlike many other insects, the male attracts the female and all these female boll weevils go in there and they never get out. So we were working on the synthesis of that. And and uh, we were going by a certain route. And then there was this famous chemist that visited the university where I was at. And he told my boss, he says, oh, such and such a chemist is also working from that same sort of intermediate. And my boss came and told me, and I was like, uh-oh. Because here I could be working on this thing for years and somebody else published the paper. And I went to prayer and I took hold of this first I have more, it says, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I said, Lord, give me more insight than him. Give me more insight. Let me get this thing done. And, and uh, this was a big deal in my life. You say, oh, why? why are you making such a big deal? Because, like, two years, big deal? How's that? You want two years of your research to go down the drain? You know, two years when you're 20 years old, is a lot of your life. <laughs> and I prayed, and I really sought the Lord. It says, I have more insight than all my teachers for your testimonies from my meditation. That's the promise. That is the promise. You will have more insight than all your teachers for your testimonies from my meditation. I have had the, 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 the great blessing of working for some really famous chemists. Really famous people, and and uh, they worked for really famous people. And the Bible says you're going to have more insight than all your teachers. And it doesn't say than all your Bible teachers. There, there was there was there was no there was no uh, 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 descriptor, no adjective there that restricted it. It's all your teachers. You will have more insight than all your teachers. If if for your testimonies or my meditation, if I make the word of God my meditation, I will have more insight than all my teachers. That is the promise. You want to believe it or not? You want to be strong and courageous and take it by faith? Or do you want to reject it? Whatever you could have had, don't waste it. I'll take it. Lord, whatever blessings you could have had, I'll take it. If you don't want to walk in faith. You can have this. If you meditate on the Word of God, He promises more insight than all your teachers. That's the promise. You want to take hold of the Word of God and believe it or not. I remember when I was teaching this to my children, one of my daughters, the the one with the sharper tongue, she said, so then we're going to know more than you someday. (laughs) And uh, I said, if you meditate on the Word of God, yes, you will. Yes, you will. You meditate on the Word of God, this is what you will get. I understand more than the age because I have re- observed your precepts. I mean, look, promise after promise comes. Promise after promise comes by meditation on the Word of God, making it your delight. Look, turn to uh, Psalm 112. Psalm 112. And we're going to read from verse 1. Psalm 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. So this is, look at what's going to happen to the man who greatly delights in the Word of God. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. The best thing that you can do for your children is meditate on the Word of God. Delight yourself in the Word of God. This is the promise. If not for you, how about doing it for your children? You meditate on the Word of God, your children will be blessed. They will be blessed on this earth. God the Father will make your children mighty on this earth if you meditate on the Word of God. These are the promises that he has. Remember, some promises we get because we're believers. Some promises we get because we're living beings. Many promises in the Bible are coupled to an act of obedience. So many of the promises in the Word of God are coupled to the act of the obedience of reading and meditating upon the Word of God. That is what they're coupled to. This is why it is so important for us to take hold of it. You take hold of this Word... And you will have blessings flow upon your life. Deuteronomy chapter seventeen. Deuteronomy chapter seventeen. In Deuteronomy chapter seventeen, there are there are different commandments that are given for kings. It says that that uh, in verse fourteen, Deuteronomy seventeen, verse fourteen, when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, and you possess it and live in it, and you say, I will set a king over me like all the nations who are around me, you shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses. And now he gives a bunch of requirements. One from among your countrymen. And he goes on and on about how he shouldn't be multiplying his wives. He shouldn't be multiplying horses. He gives all of these requirements. Then he says this. He gives a bunch of requirements for the king. This is what he says in verse 18. Now it shall come about when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself a copy of this law on a scroll in the presence of Levitical priests. It shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by carefully observing all the words of this law and these statutes. That his heart may not be lifted up above his countrymen, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right or to the left so that he and his sons may continue long in his kingdom in the midst of Israel. None of the kings did this. All of the kings multiplied horses for themselves, multiplied wives for themselves. None of the kings are, are referenced to have done this. But this is what God wanted the king to do. He said, when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write. You know how to write? You a pen. He and... shall write for himself on a scroll. You go into a, a synagogue today, you will see the Torah, the first five books on scrolls. Big scrolls. And the rabbi walks around with it. Big scroll. It's not easy to write on a scroll. It's not pages stacked on top of It's all rolled up. He shall write for himself a copy of this law on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. So the priests were to look over his shoulder and make sure he didn't make a mistake. You know, No skipping verses here. Make sure he wrote everything. And it shall be with him So, in other words, it has to be with him. So, he can't just say, oh, well, you know, I kind of forgot it today. Uh Uh-uh. It has to be with you. You go out to battle, your copy has to be with you. It has to be with him. And he shall read it all the days of his life. Look at that. All the days of his life he was to be reading this. And now we can just keep it in our pocket in ten different versions on our smartphone. Don't have to carry it, you know, with a bunch of slaves carrying it behind us and Each one carrying, you know, one of the first one of the five books. And he shall read it all the days of his life. Why? That he may learn to fear the Lord his God. You read the word of God and you'll start getting a fear of God. You'll start getting a fear of God because you will see his standard and you go, Oh. I mean, I just I just don't measure up. And that's good. Because if you think you measure up, then you've got another problem that you have to deal with and repent of. That he may learn to fear the Lord as God by carefully observing all the words of this law and these commandments. It's by observing. By reading and meditating upon, you learn to fear God. And you observe these things. By, and you observe these things in verse 20. That his heart may not be lifted up above his countrymen. Many of you are going to be extremely successful in life. You're going to be managers. You're going to be running companies. You're going to be, you know, big group leaders and science leaders and running hospitals and different things. You are. And, and uh, you know, you can give back to Rice University. And when you do, you can actually say for the tour research lab. And, and, just, and it, 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 you're allowed to do that. And it's tax deductible. Just send it to my lab. But when you get in these positions... It is very easy to become like a rock star and to really think you're something. It really is. Young men, let me warn you of this. As you start getting power, it's very easy to start becoming flirtatious with secretaries and saying things you ought not to say and using that differential in power to your own advantage. You need to be careful how you treat others. It's very hard as soon as you're promoted to start treating others in an in a, in a unnice fac- fashion. How do you keep your heart from being lifted up? Imagine a king. You know, we don't have kings. We have presidents and everybody says all sorts of nasty things about them. But imagine being a king where you, you, you couldn't even mutter a single word against them without having your tongue cut out. I mean, imagine being a king. And so here is this king and it says, it says that, that his heart may not be lifted up above his countrymen. How, how do you keep your heart from being lifted up? By meditating on the Word of God. That his heart may not be lifted up above his countrymen and that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right or to the left. It is by meditation on the Word of God that your heart will remain humble. It is so hard when you are brought up in this world and you get these positions of influence in this world to maintain a humble heart. And pride you do not normally see Everyone else sees it because it's like it's written on your forehead. Everybody else sees it. How do you keep from getting in a prideful state? It's by meditation on the word of God. This is what he's telling the kings. You meditate on this word and he will keep you from pride. Then he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right or to the left. So that he and his sons may continue long in his kingdom in the midst of Israel. You want to have a sustaining legacy for your child? Get into the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. This is what God told Joshua. Joshua is just beginning now to take the land. And he says, you want to take it? You want to have success? You will have success. But this is what you have to do. You have to take this Word and you have to make it your meditation so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. And only then, Will you have prosperity and success? Let's pray. Abba, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much, O Lord, for the truth of your word. You are so good. We praise your name. Lord, I pray for these young people that you so get a hold of their hearts. That they get a pattern in their lives that will bring blessing to their marriages, blessing to their homes, and a legacy and blessing to their children. Father, take hold of their hearts today, I pray. That they would take the word of God and make it their daily meditation. That they would make it their daily meditation and understand what it is to have your presence abiding with them. To understand the success and the joy of that. To understand what it is to be free from the despair of suffering. Father, I pray that you get hold of their hearts today. Lord, I pray that from this day, they would make a commitment. Even now, they would make a commitment. That every day of their lives, they would pick up the word of God and meditate on it. Father, for those who are parents already, may they pick up this, par- this this pattern of daily meditation on the Word of God. So as the Scriptures say, that You would make their descendants great on this earth. Lord, I pray that You would do that. That their children would become great on this earth because of their meditation on the Word of God. That they would take it seriously so that they would learn to fear the Lord and that pride would not destroy them, that pride would not destroy their lives, thinking that there's something that they're not, causing them to fall into adultery because they they think more of themselves than they ought. Father, I pray that You'd keep them humble in their own eyes through meditation on the Word of God. Get hold of their hearts this day, I pray. Shake and awake them. And Father, for the ones here who don't know you, I pray your intercession upon their lives that you draw them to Jesus, that they would say this very day, Lord Jesus, forgive me because I am a sinner and come into my life. Forgive me and come into my life. Draw these young people for the glory of our Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen.